The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 140 of the podcast. Today is Sunday, May the 12th, Mother's Day. So a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there who are doing the right thing, including my beautiful wife who is letting me take time out of her special day to do a podcast for all of you. So uh, I hope I hope you guys appreciate it if you're regular listeners. And, of course, happy Mother's Day to my mom and my mother-in-law. And I was fortunate enough to have my mom in town for Mother's Day this weekend. She's here staying with me. So she's actually watching my child while I do this show. And uh, one more happy Mother's Day wish to go out to, to someone out there. But before I do that, I have to introduce my co-host all the way from New Jersey, Jeff, the Animal Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this Mother's Day, my man? And a very happy Mother's Day to Mrs. Animal Wilson. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. And happy Mother's Day to your mom, to the Mrs. Um, happy Mother's Day to all the awesome moms out there. Bill, it is a chilly, rainy Mother's Day here in New Jersey. So um, my mom and I are just going to hang out at home, probably order some food, watch some movies. I mean, what are you going to do? But um, someone who's going to have more time to be at home, Bill, before we get into anything, is Rose Namajunas. So I'm sorry to spoil it for you, Bill, but I had been texting you all week that I was worried for Rose. (laughs) And I mean, but before we get into that, Bill, well, what do you got planned for the missus today? Oh, we're... uh... We're all going out. We're going to get some brunch in Tampa. Mother-in-law, my mom, and the missus, the baby, the whole crew. Uh, we're all going to meet up, everybody everybody together. I mean, I they call it brunch, but it, we're going at 3.30 in the afternoon. So I don't know. I don't really know what that qualifies as, but um, uh, I was told it's it's brunch, so that, that's what we're going with. We're going with. <laughs> Bill. Actually, before we go any further, brunch is one of my favorite meals, Bill, because I can have steak and eggs at the same time, same plate, throw some greens in there. We're all set. Yeah. I mean, I'm of the opinion that you could do that anytime. I mean, if you want eggs for dinner, like, I, I don't really know what qualifies as breakfast foods, you know? Like, what, like, fucking pancakes? That's dessert. That's not, <laughs> that's not breakfast. It's not, not like a nutritious meal. You put maple syrup and butter all over it. That's <laughs> confectioner sugar. That's dessert. Waffles. You put fucking ice cream on it. Mm. Um, so I don't know who made up these rules, but um, <laughs> you know, it, you know how we roll on this show, Jeff. You you drink what you like, the way you like it, and you eat what you like, the way you like it, when you like it, because mm. that's how we roll on this show. Um, and uh yeah let's get into some mma because uh 
we, we got a lot to go over. There was a lot going on this weekend. We had UFC, we had Bellator, we got another UFC card coming up next week. No breaks. So I did not, unfortunately, get to watch UFC 237 live because I was attending a wedding of some friends last night in Tampa. It was a really nice time. Uh, I was out late and then up early because the baby was up early. And, uh, you know, since it's Mother's Day, had to take care of the kiddo so mom could sleep in and recover from, from the wedding festivities from last night. So I was very groggily trying to uh, to watch, watch the uh, MMA action that took place last night. Uh, early, early this morning, um, far earlier than, than I should have been trying to, uh, retain anything. But from what I remember, Jeff, there were some pretty exciting events that went on, including the fact that we have a new women's strawweight champion in Jessica Andrade. And you were worried because, uh, Rose Namajunas was so focused on planting cucumbers, uh, that she may not uh, <laughs> have what it takes to get in here uh, with with a ferocious fighter like Jessica Andrade. And you know what? Rose looked phenomenal in the first round. I think it was dominant. She she picked her apart. She was chipping her up every time she tries to close the distance. Uh, her counter striking looked awesome. You know, she was landing that counter hook at, at will, and she was, you know, she was chipping Andrade's face up a little bit. And the the first time Andrade tried to make Nami Yunus airborne, uh, you know, Rose was able to clamp up that Kimura trap and, you know, avoid getting slammed too hard. But uh, the second time, not so much luck. Give me your thoughts on this main event here, Jeff. Yeah, dude. Rose Namajunas looked phenomenal in that first round, really using that jab to keep Jessica Andrade away from her, you know, which was which was what we were talking about last week. Andrade wanted to be, <clears throat> excuse me, in Namajunas' face, putting pressure on her. And Rose did a phenomenal job of, of avoiding all that with the jab. You know, her footwork was looking really good. Um, she was getting in on some really good angles on Jessica Andrade. But um, in that second round, man, Jessica Andrade figured out how to get around that uh, that Kimura trap. She broke the grip, then moved her head outside and re-gripped so that she had both of her hands on one of Rose Namajunas' uh, wrists and then lifted her. And, Bill, I was really concerned when I saw the slam, dude. Um, if you haven't watched it, go back and check it out. It's a really good Really good slam, and it looks a little savage, but Jessica Andrade is using great technique. You can tell she's using all the power in her legs to lift Rose Namajunas, and the way she fell, Bill, I thought that maybe Rose had re-injured her neck, which we were talking about last week. She was coming up uh, off an injury to her neck. She had to get surgery for it, I believe, so I was a little concerned, but Rose seems okay. Um, my biggest issue with all this, Bill, was at the end in the post-fight interview, Rose Namajunas said that it was a pressure off her. You know, she sounded almost relieved to have mm -hmm. lost the championship. And I know people are saying, you know, it's a lot of pressure that she's not used to. But to me, Bill, it just sounded like she was a little ungrateful. You know, there are people who work their whole lives for this. Mm -hmm. And Uriah Faber comes to mind first and never become a UFC champion despite all these tries. So mm -hmm. to me, Rose sounded just a little ungrateful. All right. So interesting take. I, I have to disagree with you on two counts, Jeff. And this is this is a rarity. Uh, we don't we don't often disagree, but uh, nothing bad. So uh, I, I like your take on it. I think it's interesting. The first disagreement I have. I don't really believe it was all technique 
uh, in that slam from Andrade. I, I saw she was really lifting with her back, and it was brute strength. Hmm. And it was a phenomenal display of brute strength. Um, and a lot of people were concerned that this uh, spiking rose on her neck was illegal. Uh, I just want to clarify that real quick. Uh, since Rose had the Kimura trap locked up, that is a legal slam. You can spike mm -hmm. your opponent on their head. If Rose had let go of that Kimura trap, which was tough to do because her arms were tangled up and Jessica had kind of pinned them in there. Mm -hmm. But if Rose were able to let go, that would be an illegal maneuver. You cannot just spike your opponent on her neck like that uh, in the UFC. And that, that's clearly stated in the rules that if a if an opponent has a submission locked up, uh, you could do whatever it takes to get out of it, uh, mm. including spiking them on their head. So uh, it, it's a scary thing to see, though, especially for yeah. someone, you know, who has a neck injury. Um, you know, that that's not something you want to see as as part of sport, as part of, you know, something that's meant to be, you know, competitive combat sports. But this isn't a, a dangerous sport that we all enjoy. Um and and the the other reason I, I didn't see it as technique from the slam was because Rose did have that Kimura trap locked up, and you shouldn't be able to pick somebody up who's mm -hmm. putting leverage on your shoulder like that. Uh, you even heard Dominic Cruz right before Jessica picked her up say, she won't be able to pick her up here because of the Kimura trap, and then up she went and down she went mm. uh, twice as fast as she went up. Uh, and, and that's largely true. Um, what was what was interesting was in order to execute that Kimura trap, which is supposed to be a reversal to the takedowns. So somebody gets in on a single leg, you have to push their head down, you lock up that Kimura trap, and then you have to step your far leg in between your opponent's two legs and kind of roll as they try to pick your leg up, and that will flip them head over heels, uh, and you should end up on top if everything goes, you know, textbook with that move um but you know rose wasn't able to step that far leg in because her legs came off the ground and i, I thought it was a spectacular display of strength by by jessica andrage um the same thing as far as the, the championship thing i don't know if i necessarily disagree I, I guess i just didn't think about it that way as her being yeah. ungrateful because i remember when matt hughes lost his championship to bj penn he kind of said the same thing he didn't say it so publicly, he said it more quietly. I think in a, in a later interview, he said it was it was a relief to to lose the championship, and, and he wanted to work back and get it again. But he said, you know, when people expect you to win all the time, it's a lot of pressure, and he was glad to have that pressure off of him a little bit. Um, so I, I guess I kind of was thinking about that mentality when when Rose uh, said, you know, it's a lot of pressure off because it is. You know, it's it's a lot of media obligations and. Mm. and added things that you don't think about that are going to happen to you when you become the champion. You know, all the good things that come with it, you know, bigger pay scale, more notoriety and everything like that. But, um, you know, I think Rose likes to live a, a very humble lifestyle, you know, planting cucumbers in her garden and things like that. She doesn't like to be um, a celebrity. But, uh, it, you know, like you said, it, that comes with the territory. And you, you kind of have to be uh, you have to be grateful to be in that position. Um, I did see some headlines with Rose saying stuff in the in the post fight press conference. Like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore, but, um, you know, let's relax as far as digging too far into those statements, because she just did get slammed viciously 
on her head. Um, so you, you can't really, you know, there's a lot of emotions there. You know, she went into enemy territory, fought a, a Brazilian pit bull in Brazil, and she got knocked out pretty viciously. So um, let's not be too quick to try and interpret her words right after that. Uh, any other thoughts on this main event, Jeff? No, um, but I just hope that this isn't uh, Rose's swan song here. You know, she's a great fighter. She looked phenomenal in, in there up until, you know, the slam. So I, I hope she continues doing this. It's something she's really good at. Um, it'd be a shame for her to leave um, so early into her career. I feel like she's so young in this game, dude. Yeah, and I know Rose is a very likable fighter. She's she's liked by a lot of fans, um, maybe fewer after – you know, the whole I don't want to leave my house thing because of the Dolly incident with Connor, but, you know, largely a fan favorite, which is why I think a lot of people were upset at Andrade beating her, especially the way she did. And you yeah. saw a lot of horrible things said about Jessica Andrade. You know, she's a man. She's juicing. She's on steroids, this and that. Um, and, you know, some of that may be true, uh, but it's all speculation. But one thing you can say about Jessica Andrade that is a fact is she's world champ. Uh, so, you know, let's not take anything away from her. I mean, she took a beating in that first round, and she came back, and she did what she had to do to get the victory and get that belt around her waist, and she's worked hard for it uh, for a long time. You know, for a long time, she fought at 135 pounds because there was no in-between weight class, and she, you know, had to change her lifestyle and, and eat, like, weird fruit that makes her shit a lot to lose a lot of weight. That's uh, <laughs> for anybody who saw the embedded episode where Jessica Andrade is with her wife in the supermarket. Her wife was telling her which fruit would make her poop so she could lose weight. Um, and, and uh, you know, she dropped. That's a huge cut, Jeff. You know, at the time, there was no 125-pound division, so she had to cut 20 pounds to move down to 115 to fight girls uh, closer in size to her. Uh, you know, so she paid her dues fighting, you know, much larger women for a long time. And if she's able to make a good run at 115, I wouldn't be surprised to see her uh, move up and, and challenge for that flyweight belt as well down the line because I think uh, that's a weight class that's very well suited for her. Um, you know, but she's got the gold here. Um, I, I don't know what's next. I, I'll tell you one person who's happy about the outcome of this, and that has to be uh, Ioana Jacek, the former champion, who kind of showed she was a little too small for flyweight um, in, in her fight with Valentina Shevchenko. But, you know, going back to her division of 115 meant uh, going back to a division with a champion who's beaten her twice. Now there's a champion who she has beaten once. Uh, so that, that's somebody who's going to be happy about that. Uh, not a lot of people happy, especially in the crowd last night, uh, with the outcome of the co-main event, Jared Cannonier with a TKO victory over Anderson Silva. Uh, I just have to say what a great job Herb Dean did here because he recognized immediately that Anderson Silva was not just chopped down by a leg kick, but that he was injured. Uh, he may have blown his knee out. I, I don't know exactly what the injury was, but Jared Cannonier landing a, a monstrous inside leg kick with with 11 seconds to go uh, in the first round. And you can see something went horribly wrong with Anderson Silva's leg. And, uh, you know, we, we know he's had some gruesome leg injuries in the past. So, obviously, we hope he's okay. Uh, you know, we were saying last week, Jeff, we, you know, why is he taking this fight with this this young killer and Jared Cannonier? And, and, you know, his body just didn't hold up here. Uh, so give me your thoughts on this co-main event. Yeah, dude. Um, I don't think that Jared Cannonier was doing too much wrong. 
up until the that TKO, man. Um, he had to hit that leg kick a couple of times on Silva. Silva hadn't checked it. And, you know, Jared Cannonier did a good job not falling for Silva's mind games and the stuff he does with his hands. He was very focused. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, good, good job to Jared Cannonier. Uh, it's just a shame the way the fight ended. Um, you know, we've, we've seen Silva break his leg before and, and to see another leg injury like that before they could even get rolling, really, it's a shame, but, you know, not to take anything away from Jared Cannonier, man, um, he knew what he was out there to do. He was targeting the legs with the leg kicks. Uh, I thought it was a really good strategy. And mm-hmm. also, uh, shout out to Herb Dean, dude. You know, we, we give him a lot of shit when he makes a mistake. But he he definitely saved Anderson Silva last night, man. As soon as Silva went down, you know, Herb Dean sprinted over and got Jared Cannonier off of him before anything uh-huh. worse could happen. Yeah. I mean, you can't... You can't um you can't really deny Jared Cannonier for, for what he did. Yeah. You know, he's in there doing his job. It's not his fault. He was given a fight with an older fighter who maybe isn't held together as well as he used to be. You know, he did what he had to do to win the fight. He didn't show as much respect maybe as Israel Adesanya did in their last fight and uh, his fight with Anderson Silva. You know, Cannonier is looking to make a statement and climb the rankings um, as, as someone who's fairly new to this middleweight division. Uh, you know, he wants to take out the former champ and, uh, that's what he did. And the crowd hated it because they saw, you know, a hero of Brazil who, and someone in Anderson Silva who hasn't fought in Brazil in a long time, uh, get hurt. So I guess you can understand why they were upset. Um, uh, another Brazilian who didn't have such a great night was Jose Aldo. Um, but Alexander Volkanovsky just showing what a tough competitor he is. I would imagine this win over Jose Aldo will result uh, in a title shot uh, for Volkanovski. Uh, give me your thoughts on this fight, Jeff. Yeah, dude, Volkanovski went out there with the right game plan. You know, Jose Aldo didn't do too much wrong, but Volkanovski just, you know, very technical in his striking and really working Jose Aldo over, making mm-hmm. Jose Aldo um, fight backwards, make, uh, pinning Jose Aldo up against the cage with clinches, working his legs, making Jose Aldo really carry a lot of weight on his legs with the grappling and the clinching. Mm-hmm. So I think Volkanovsky, you know, he did what he had to do and he even said it himself. It wasn't, you know, his preferred way of winning. He'd rather finish Aldo, but he went in there, didn't get um, frazzled by this really hostile crowd mm-hmm. and, you know, just went in there with the right game plan. And Bill, I just want to say that when I get married someday, I want to marry someone who loves me as much as Brazil loves Jose Aldo, man. <laughs> um, you know, the crowd exploded when he came out there. I think they're, I think they were more excited for his fight than Anderson Silva, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure. He's, a, he's a guy who, who really represents Brazil through and through, and he's a true success story. You know, he came out of the favelas and, you know, worked his way out of there and became, you know, a, a world superstar athlete. So really a great story to Jose Aldo. I mean, still he's hanging in there with a top contender, a guy who could be a champion one day, and he didn't get finished or anything. So uh, I, I don't think it's the last we see of Jose Aldo, still only 32 years old, uh, you have to remember. So, uh, you know, great performance by Volkanovski, straight punches, and, and leg kicks and, and clinch pressure. And that's key to beating Jose Aldo, who throws a lot of whipping strikes. His his kicks are very whip uh, out and back in and his punches as well. So the counter to that is everything right down the pipe. 
pressure and straight punches. And, uh, you know, that's, that's all I needed. Um, Loriano Staropoli, I think, uh, a little surprised that he got the victory over Tiago Alves in Brazil. Uh, he seemed a little shocked when they read the decision. Uh, how did you see this one going, Jeff? Bill, I was even more surprised than Staropoli here because I thought Tiago Alves had done enough in rounds two and three to win. Um, you know, Staropoli in this fight, in the first round, he was throwing a lot of flashy stuff, man. A lot of spinning things. Well, and maybe he won the first round, um, but I didn't think so. I think Tiago Alves did enough to win all three rounds. He was very technical, especially in rounds two and three. Tiago Alves turned it up uh -huh. and was shutting down all those flashy things that Staropoli was throwing at him in the first round. So I, I, I feel like Tiago Alves got robbed a little bit here. Um, you know, I'm not too upset that he lost, but I I don't think that was a fight where he did too much wrong. Maybe he lost the first round, but in rounds two and three, he was in Staropoli's face more. He was uh, really pressuring Staropoli and mm -hmm. just very technical with his striking, throwing everything down the middle. A lot of things were landing, Bill. So I think, you know, I think Alves probably deserved to win this one. Yeah, I was uh, I was a bit surprised at this one too. Uh Alves of course always dangerous in that first round but uh, you know tends to get find his rhythm as the fight goes on and it, that's what it looked like. And when the fight is that close and it's in Brazil, you assume it's going to go to the Brazilian, but um you know, I I guess you know they called it how they saw it and and they saw it differently than you and I. So that's that. Uh we didn't need the judges in the other female fight, Irene uh, Irene Aldana and Betch Correa. Uh, Betch missing weight by six pounds, which is disgusting. Uh, but luckily she got submitted. So, um, uh, beautiful submission by Irene Aldana. So Betch Correa was in on a single leg and Irene Aldana defended it perfectly. She was able to sneak around to Betch's back, but she got a little bit too high, but she was able to snag an arm bar as she was sliding off. And, uh, you know, you bet your ass she tapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude um really good display from aldana looked like she was in a little bit of trouble up until that point but um and it even looked like she was sliding off of correa's back here um because you know they're all sweaty and everything but aldana really smart with her legs wrapped up kind of like an arm bar slash triangle and just put betch correa in a world of hurt um but yeah dude um i mean correa what are you doing yeah, she she could have fought at 145 last night. Uh -huh. um, not a fan of missing weight. Just don't do yeah. it. Yeah, Just make weight. And even if you have certain biological functions going on, our our good buddy Serena Southpaw says that's no fucking excuse. Yep. So that's what we got to go by, Jeff. We got to go by you know experts who who have the same equipment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. a couple other things I want to get into here. Uh, it's just not a good night for the Brazilians overall. I mean, Bechkoya gets submitted. Uh, little Nog gets knocked out by Ryan Spann in the first round. Uh, you know, he gets knocked back to the 19th century when he was born. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, man. uh, thoughts on this one real quick, Jeff. Dude, um, the only good thing that I saw from Lil Nog was uh, submission defense and like a half guard sweep. But other than that, dude, I, I think he needs to hang up the gloves. Uh -huh. um, you know, Ryan Spann just went in there and just murked him. Yeah. All right. So moving on down, uh, 
The last thing I wanted to touch on, and then I'm going to let you take over and tell me about any prelims you caught because I didn't catch the prelims, Jeff. BJ Penn now holds the record for the longest losing streak in UFC history at seven. Uh, has not won a fight since 2010, 40 years old, doesn't need the money, so he doesn't have to fight anymore. Just stop, BJ. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, here's a guy who... Uh, you know, eight years ago, if you asked me, I would tell you without a doubt, top five pound for pound fighter of all time. Uh, and now he's trying to be one of the worst. I mean, longest losing streak in history. And the reason he's able to do that is because they let him keep getting in there. You know, people aren't able to string together long losing streaks because they get cut after so many losses and they only come back uh, after getting wins elsewhere. Um, obviously, they're not going to let BJ Penn go fight anywhere else. And, and maybe he's threatened to do so. And that's why they keep putting him on these cards, but fucking stop it. Just stop it. Like let the, like force somebody force the guy to retire. Um, you, you know, if you want to treat him like a legend and, and like the hall of famer he is and, and ignore all this stupid shit he's doing outside of the cage, uh, then treat him the way you treated the legend Chuck Liddell and force him to retire. Um, you know, enough is enough. Can't hang anymore. Can't do it. Hang it up. He doesn't need the money. BJ Penn didn't need the money when he started fighting. Comes from a wealthy family. For those mm. of you who don't know, uh, he runs BJPenn.com, which is one of the biggest uh, MMA news sites out there. Uh, he's got several gyms. He's got uh, several businesses. And he also comes from money. He's going to be fine. He doesn't need to fight anybody in a cage. Fucking stop, BJ. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, your thoughts on that, Jeff, and uh, uh, any other fights on this card I need to go back and check out? Uh, Bill, you basically summed up my thoughts on BJ Penn. <laughs> Happy to oblige. <laughs> Bill, Bill, the last time BJ Penn, I was a senior in fucking high school, dude. And I was about 100 pounds lighter because I, <laughs> I was playing soccer every day. Now, now I don't do that. I just eat Brazilian steaks and, <laughs> and, and don't play soccer every day. Yeah, that Bechcoea diet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm not trying to make weight, Bill. But um, anyway, moving on. Um, Bill, if, for those of you listening out there, and Bill, if you, in case you missed this one, um, check out on the prelim card, Warley Alves versus Sergio Moraes. Dude, this fight was just... War, Warley Alves went to war. I mean, it's in his name. He just picked Sergio Moraes apart, dude. Um, <laughs> but, um, dude, he picked Moraes apart with leg kicks, super technical striking. And then um, in the final round, round three, he's got about a minute left. There was a flying knee that hits Moraes right on the button and then finishes him with a nasty uppercut. He just folded over like a lawn chair. If you missed this one, definitely go and check it out. Alves put on a display last night. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So I, I definitely want to go back and watch that fight. Uh, probably won't be today, but uh, later in the week, hopefully I'll have an opportunity to uh, go back and check it out. That's if I can find it. Uh, it was difficult to find the fights this morning. And uh, I, I would have put it on my phone at the wedding. I would have ordered it on the ESPN app. But, you know, I don't want to fuck with that. <laughs> just because uh, we know how that works out. And we found out UFC 236 did under 100,000 pay-per-view buys, which is a fucking disgrace. Uh, with the way that card was stacked and how much action was on it and how good that card was, 
Um, you know, I tried to pay for it. We've talked about this several times, Jeff. You know, you were there. You saw it. You were a witness. Yep. Um, I, I tried on three different devices, and then my other buddy tried on his phone. And um, we tried to give you our money, ESPN. You didn't want to take it, so we had to find other means to uh, to watch the fights. So in any case, that'll do it for UFC 237. We also had some Bellator action last night. Uh, I'm not going to cover this whole card, but I will talk about the main and co-main real quick. So Patricio Pitbull getting revenge for his brother who was knocked out by Michael Chandler, I want to say four or five years ago, um, and, and knocks him out in the first round. Um, it may be an early stoppage. Uh, it, it looked like Chandler was okay. He got caught with a shot right behind the ear. It looked like it grazed him, but uh, definitely knocked it, knocked him off balance a little bit. And then, um, you know, Pitbull, Pitbull jumped on him and, uh, you know, a few hammer fists, but Michael Chandler stood right up uh, a- after the referee who I'm, lo- I'm looking at this on sure dog, the referee, they always say the name of the referee. The, the name is just Rob. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know why it's so funny, dude. Yeah. I don't know oh, either. <laughs> I was laughing when I saw that too. Maybe cause he robbed Michael Chandler. <laughs> Yeah, um, I thought this was a bad stoppage, dude. Michael Chandler jumped up. Um, I mean, just no. Just Bellator, what are you doing? You know, I wanted to watch this on my phone at the same time that I was watching um, the UFC card, but it was on the zone, and and I'm not going to pay for that, especially when ESPN Plus is useless like the sound was off with espn plus and i know you've heard me complain about this before bill but like espn come on dude you show every other sport under the sun let's yeah. let's get it together here yeah so i mean still revenge for patricio who his brother patricky was knocked out just under three years ago uh june of 2016 uh by michael chandler which was a devastating knockout if you've mm. never seen the highlight of that one uh, so there's a big feud between Chandler and the brothers, and I, I don't imagine it's going to end now. But, uh, you know, good for Patricio. He becomes the second double champ in uh, Bellator history. Uh, so that's a big deal. He was both the featherweight and lightweight champion. Uh, so cool. Good for him. Uh, bad for Michael Chandler. Um, you know, it was a bad stoppage, but Michael Chandler's a sore loser anyway. So um, we'll run it back probably because these guys hate each other. Um uh, the co-main event, what an ending for this one. Douglas Lima and Michael Venom Page. Uh, so the way this one ended, uh, spoiler alert, Douglas Lima knocks out Michael Venom Page in the second round. Guys, go back and watch this fight. Uh, it, it was really good. Um, it, it was just too much experience for MVP, I think, here. Um, so what happened is MVP has this weird sideways karate type stance and what he does is he faints in and out and puts pressure on his lead leg and he puts more pressure on his lead leg when he goes to throw his right hand so that's what he did he he puts all his weight on his lead leg and he goes to throw a right cross which comes from really far away and douglas lima timed it perfectly kicked that lead leg right out from under him and on the way down gave him a punch to send him unconscious on his way down to the mat so he was just falling from the leg kick and Lima knocked him out as he was falling down. Pretty spectacular knockout uh, against a guy who is known for spectacular knockouts. Uh, did, did you catch any of this Bellator card, Jeffrey? Did you go back and watch any highlights, or or what'd you see? 
Yeah, definitely saw the highlights. And dude, Douglas Lima versus Michael Venom Page is definitely a highlight. Um, it's probably going to go on a lot of like um, MMA top highlights, dude, top knockouts. That was beautiful. As soon as, because Venom Page was throwing this overhand right, and that's when Douglas Lima threw the leg kick, chopped Michael Venom Page down like a tree. And then as he's trying to get up, Lima throws that mean uppercut and he just falls back. It was bad. It was like, you know, when you hit the snooze button under alarm clock and then just fall back to sleep. Super bad, but really, really entertaining. And Bill, I just want to hit on one more thing um, on this Bellator card. Jake Hager, um, known to pro wrestling fans as Jack Swagger, had his second pro fight against some dude named TJ Jones. Guy works at like a meat locker or something. <laughs> um, had to probably ask for the day off, Bill. Yeah. To fly out and take this fight. And, you know, what you think was going to happen, happened. Jake Hager slaps on a, an arm triangle submission. Uh, the guy taps in like half a round. Um, people are upset that Jake Hager held on to the submission a little bit after, but Bill, I don't think that's totally his fault. I think that comes from two things. I think one is, um, inexperience and two, um, the ref kind of grabbed TJ Jones hand right after he tapped. So uh -huh. maybe Jake Hager only felt like the first tap and then mm. just assumed it was nothing. Maybe he didn't feel the tap at all. Yeah, could be. I'll have to go back and, and watch that one. I didn't catch that fight, but um, that was Mike Beltran in there. So I'm, I would be surprised if it was a referee error. He was probably, you know, he was probably carrying the 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 brunt of the work on this card. <laughs> we know we know Rob wasn't doing much of a good job. <laughs> oh uh, man, poor Rob. Yeah, a few other things on this card. AJ McKee getting a, a unanimous decision victory over Pat Curran. That's a big deal. AJ McKee, very uh, promising prospect. And so is Taiwan Claxton uh, getting another knockout victory over some guy named James Bennett. Um, uh, but I'm kind of glad they're they're bringing up Taiwan Claxton slowly. He's a very exciting fighter to watch. So um, uh, I plan to go back and, and watch some of that. Uh, real quick, Jeff, we got... Uh, some more action coming up next weekend. UFC Fight Night 152 from the Blue Cross Arena in Rochester, New York. Um, and it's headlined by Rafael Dos Anjos and Kevin Lee is making his welterweight debut. Give me your thoughts on this main event, Jeff, because I'm pretty fucking excited about it. Yeah, dude, I'm really excited to see Dos Anjos get back in there. And Kevin Lee, you know, we've talked about how he kind of struggles to make weight. I actually... I think we've talked about seeing him go up to welterweight. Bill, I think he's going to rock the house, man. Um, this is really exciting. We've seen Dos Anjos struggle with wrestlers who get in his face and, and can keep him pinned down. And Kevin Lee might be able to do that, man. I mm -hmm. think this is a great way to uh, – I think this is a great main event. I love it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he does struggle with that. And Kevin Lee, I've said before, has some of the best MMA wrestling in the game. The, the way he mixes his strikes with his takedowns uh, is – picture perfect um so i i think it's a good first fight for him at welterweight too you know another guy who used to fight at lightweight you know kevin lee's been advocating for this 165 pound division they're not making it so he, you know he's 
he's only gonna have more trouble as he gets older to make 155 so he had to make the decision to move up uh hopefully he stays there um uh, i'm gonna be a couple other fights jeff that, that jump out to me and you tell me what you're most excited about neil magni and vicente luque this is actually a really interesting fight especially since vicente luque is coming off um one of the best fights of the year with brian barbarena aspen lad puts our undefeated streak on the line against sajara eubanks who probably won't make weight um Antonio Carlos Jr. and Ian Heinish. That should be a really fun fight. Charles Oliveira and Nick Lentz, two submission specialists going head-to-head. -head. I really like that fight. Um, and then I'm going to jump down a little bit. We got Patrick Cummins and Ed Herman uh, going toe-to-toe -to -toe here and probably a loser-leaves-town scenario. Um, and then we also have Zach Cummings. So don't confuse Patrick Cummins with Zach Cummings. Uh, and he is fighting the undefeated uh, Traven Giles. And then Julian Arosa making a UFC comeback here against Julio Arce. Julian Arosa, season 22 of The Ultimate Fighter, I believe. Very quirky guy. Stirred up a lot of shit in the house. That was the uh, Conor McGregor and Uriah Faber season. Uh, so tell me what jumps out to you, Jeff, if, if, if it's one of the fights I listed or if I skipped over something that you're looking forward to. Yeah, Bill, the fight that jumps out the most to me, I'll give you two. One is Aspen Ladd versus Sajar Eubanks. You know, Aspen Ladd undefeated, really making her way through this women's bantamweight division, tearing up the division. Sajar Eubanks probably going to weigh in at 185 pounds for that one. <laughs> 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 What's the over under that she weighs in higher than Megan Anderson? <laughs> <We've all gone. laughs> oh man, uh, yeah, dude, it's I really think she should move up to 145. But, um, the other fight that really sticks out to me is Charles Oliveira versus Nick Lentz, two very good grapplers, very good submission artists. Um, Oliveira doing a really good job of stringing some wins together. I'm a big fan of his. I like that he focuses a lot on jujitsu. He's improved his striking too. Uh, so this is really going to be a fun fight. So those two, I'm really excited for the Megan Anderson fight. But this card, it's got a lot of gems on here, Bill. And I think that the UFC needs to draw a little bit more attention to some of these fight nights. Yeah, it's a fun card for sure, especially for a fight night. Um, I feel like there was a... There was not a lot of hype going into this pay-per-view. I imagine it's going to do south of 50,000 buys. I, I think that's a, maybe a bold statement, but I think probably a factual one. Um, all right, Jeff, anything else you want to get off your chest? Because unfortunately, I got to wrap it up here. Bill, that's all I got for you this week. Uh, I finally made an Instagram, so I got like three pictures on there. <laughs> but um, other than that, Bill, enjoy the rest of your Mother's Day. Everybody out there, hopefully everybody's mother has an awesome Mother's Day. Take them out to eat or something. Yeah, and make sure your mother has an awesome Mother's Day. Give her a call. FaceTime her. Let her see your, your kids. Uh Take her out to dinner if you live nearby or order food and watch some movies like Jeff is going to do. So make your Mother's Day special, you pricks. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that was, that's all we got. Short episode this week, but hopefully you guys had a good time. Uh, if you want to get a hold of Jeff, it's at Animal underscore Wilson on Twitter and Instagram. You guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the Rocks. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere you want to go, MMAontherocks.com. Send me an email, MMAontherocks, gmail.com. Uh, leave us a review. Wherever you happen to be listening, please rate the show. It does help us out a lot. Uh, and that's it. Until next time, cheers, everybody. Goodbye.